and welcome in. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Prairie and Smith podcast. The final weekend of the Sunbelt football regular season begins tomorrow as West Division champion Troy travels to Southern Miss at noon Eastern. Plus, there are several title possibilities in the East that are worth paying attention to. We can't wait to get into it in just a moment. But before we do, we wanted to tell you about Wednesday's special episode. We welcomed former App State quarterback Armani Edwards onto the show ahead of his Jersey retirement that will take place at halftime of Saturday's rivalry matchup against Georgia Southern. You won't want to miss it. Today on episode 153 of the show, it's time for our week 13 preview. We're excited to preview our game of the week between App State and Georgia Southern, discuss the league's chances for 12 bowl-eligible teams, and break down Coastal Carolina's hopes to win the Sunbelt East. Kane, we've reached the two-yard line of the season. It's the final weekend of the year. We still don't have an East Division champion, and the site of the Sunbelt Championship game is still to be determined at this point. With all of Saturday's implications, what are you most excited about? Yeah, no, obviously the East title race, I think, right now is the biggest the biggest thing to be excited about, especially just given my, my personal interest. But just in general, I think the fact that this conference still has divisions and it's coming down to a close divisional race on one side is just something that we're not really seeing across all of college football. So that's that's definitely something to look forward to. And just every 5-1 team really heading into this week trying to play to make it to a bowl game. I think we'll see a lot of those teams' best brand of football. There's a ton to play for really across the whole conference. So I just expect a lot out of teams that have a little bit extra motivation, whether that's making a bowl game, trying to make the conference title game, compared to some of these teams who kind of already have locked things up or maybe already know that, hey, maybe even – this being their last game of the season, we see another level of effort. So I just think across the board, there's a ton of teams that have a ton to play for. I'm really looking forward to a lot of teams trying to make their statement and their stamp to finish off this regular season. Yeah, big weekend ahead. Well, we'll be previewing all the top matchups in week 13 of Sunbelt football on this episode. Let's not waste any more time. It's time to jump right into today's preview. All right, everyone, like we promised, we're previewing each of this weekend's matchups in the Sunbelt. Caden, we start with our game of the week. Between App State and Georgia Southern, this game at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central on ESPNU. Arguably the greatest G5 rivalry, deeper than hate. First played back in 1987, App State holds an 18-14 all-time advantage in the series. The team's 5-5 five five since 2013. That is the definition of a rivalry. Georgia Southern just 4-12 all-time at Kid Brewer Stadium. The Eagles... Winning a year ago, Caden, I know you remember that, in double overtime in Statesboro to eliminate App State from bowl contention. Let's talk App State here first, Caden, because they have the hot hand right now, and Southern has lost three in a row. You know that this is the kind of game, though, where records are put to the side. Tell us a little bit about your experience in this rivalry. Yeah, it's funny because this is really kind of my first first exposure to a rivalry. I didn't go to a high school that had a winning tradition. So going to App State and kind of having that tradition passed down to you is, hey, this is hate week. You just felt it palpably. It's what's called hate week in App State for a reason. And I just remember thinking back to my early days when this team ran a triple option attack. You're practicing the triple option whenever you can throughout the season, kind of just because of the schematic headache of it, because of that side of things, but also just because of wanting to beat Georgia Southern that badly. So these players are taking this game very seriously. It's a very physical matchup. Some of the most physical matchups I've played in my entire career, even higher up than you'd expect 
versus Power 5 opponents even. This is a game where the first kickoff, there's going to be talking, there's going to be chirping, even probably on the field before games, which has kind of become commonplace for App State lately just in general. But that always seems to be something that happens in this game specifically. Thankfully, it's at App State for these boys. I know going on the road in a hostile environment is always tough. I know this is the kind of game and the kind of crowd where you you can expect anything. You're going to have to block out the distractions as far as the student section for whatever visiting team is. But this is a real deal rivalry. This is one of those games where you have it marked on your calendar and every program, every player in the program is going to be accustomed to what this is going to be like. The veteran players are telling all the younger players what to expect, how to operate. And it's one of those games where, like you mentioned, the records go to the side. App State is watching the film. Georgia Southern's watching the film. And they're not really worried about what either of these teams have done lately. They're worried about doing their best against this team. They're more worried about the past games they've had versus the other games they've had in their body of work. So this is going to be a physical matchup. There's going to be a lot more juice in that stadium because of the Armani Edwards retirement as well. And I I have high expectation, expectations for this matchup, just given what we saw last year and just given the state of both of these teams right now and the state of this rivalry as a whole. App State looking for the win in this one and perhaps locking up a spot in the conference championship if Coastal goes on to fall to James Madison. Meanwhile, Georgia Southern they're looking at this matchup thinking, hey, we could spoil App State's chances at getting into that conference championship game. I'm sure they would love to do that. Caden, Joey Aguilar, the headliner here. No player in this game is playing as well as he is right now. You look over his last five games, 15 touchdowns thrown, just three interceptions. He's had four 300-plus yard passing games in his last seven outings. Caden, what's been the secret to this kid's success this year? I think if he was giving it out, there'd be a lot of quarterbacks in the nation looking for that recipe for sure. But you mentioned he is an absolute heater right now. I mean, he's thrown three touchdowns in his last three games and four touchdowns the game before that. I have not quite seen a quarterback in App State uniform. And that's saying a lot because I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks in my own experience playing for this program. But just going on a heater like this where scoring has become such a such a, a crutch of the offense and something they've been able to lean on and rely on and he's been able to deliver. I think when it comes to scoring the football right now, no one's really doing it quite like Joey in the conference. There's a lot of guys, even the guy who's he's playing against in the quarterback position in Davis Brin, who's been able to put up solid numbers all season, has been able to run it up from a yardage standpoint. But I think Joey's ability on the deep ball to make teams pay, make DBs pay for being a step late, his deep ball accuracy is one of one in the conference this year. We've seen it week in and week out recently. And I think just his ability to spray the ball to different targets as well has just keep, kept defenses on their toes throughout the entire season. Just when you get a heavy dose of a Caden Robinson or a Deshaun Davis in the slot, you don't account for a tight end who's scoring a touchdown like a like we've seen in the last couple of weeks as well. So I think Joey's deep ball accuracy is really what's been able to set him apart, making defenses pay for lapses in coverage. Not, you're not really seeing the, the pass interferences or things like that where teams are able to move the chains. You're seeing touchdowns when this team feels like they have a mismatch or an advantage in the back end and just his ability to not really have a favorite target, his ability to spray it to a bunch of different guys and get a lot of guys involved definitely makes it hard to key in on one guy with this loaded receiver core. So I think those are probably the two biggest factors that they'll have in this game and something that they really didn't have as much I think last season when they faced this Georgia Southern team that was having that same level of firepower we've become accustomed to on offense. Caden, I would have to say that, you know, maybe outside of Jordan McLeod, that he has been the best quarterback in the league this season. I think Gunnar Watson probably deserves to be in that conversation with how good Troy has looked, but uh, no denying the play of Joey Aguilar so far this year. And it's crazy to think that he was not the starting quarterback heading into week one this year. Caden, the offense couldn't do enough for Georgia Southern in their last loss. It was the defense's fault in the two losses before that. How important is it for this Eagles team to play some complimentary football here, maybe 
build some confidence against their rival as they wrap up the regular season and get ready for a bowl game. Yeah, it's paramount. No, I mean, when you look at this team, that's definitely been their biggest issue as of late. When you look at last week against Old Dominion, it's the first time in a long time we've seen them get hold of just 17 points. That's just rare for this offense. The defense finally holds up their end of the park bargain, holding Old Dominion at 20. And you would imagine this Georgia Southern offense would be able to score more than 20 points. But in the past games before that, their, their three-game lose streak, losing streak has been quite the opposite. 38 points hung up on them against Marshall, 45 points hung up on them against Texas State. And a lot of that had to do with both of those teams ability to run the ball. So I think when you look at more specifically the complimentary football in this game, you're going to want to see Georgia Southern, if they want to leave Boone with a win, be able to stop and run first and foremost. That's really been killing them lately. And it really killed them last year in this matchup. They were able to pull out the win. They had the offensive firepower going in the passing game, but the run game of um, the rushing attack rather of App State was able to keep them and kind of Kind of counterbalance them offensively with Nate Noel having an electric game in that matchup. So first and foremost, they're going to need to stop the run. And then secondly, their offense is just going to have to deliver and score like we were accustomed to seeing in the beginning of the season. Just lately, this offensive attack has been able to put up the yardage, but defenses have found a way when they get past that 50-yard line, get into the red zone, to keep them out of the end zone, keep them honest, keep them kicking field goals. And I think they're going to have to do both of those things together cohesively in this game if they're going to want to win. It's a lot easier said than done. I think earlier in the season, we saw their great defensive performances against a ball state, a Citadel, where they're having shutouts and near shutouts left and right. But when it came to conference competition, we saw that defense kind of refer to itself that we saw last season. That was kind of their issue of struggle. So I think if they can show some of those early season flashes, we saw their defense that had us thinking that they were an improved unit, plus their offense kind of coming back into the fold, they'll have a much better chance in this game than versus what we've seen in their last three weeks when they took three straight losses. I think the other big question mark heading into this matchup is what is the health status of Jalen White heading into this game? He was in a boot on the sidelines in their last game and his status questionable. Heading into Saturday, he's a game changer when he's on the field, and this Georgia Southern offense just doesn't quite look the same when he's not. Caden, let's make some picks. App a nine-point favorite in this one, over under at 63 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and go first here because we already know who you're picking. Um, when I look at this matchup, App State has been playing some of their best football. And Caden, I came into this episode thinking I was taking Georgia Southern to cover the spread, but the more we've discussed this, the more I think that App State is due for a big win here. And they have been playing as good as anyone in this conference down the stretch. So give me App State to win this game. I think they're going to cover by nine. I think Joey Aguilar can have a good performance. And I think those wide receivers for App State are just going to be too much. So go ahead and give me the boys from Boone winning in this game, 63 and a half. I do think both teams will score the rock in this football game. Last year's game, we saw 99 points scored. So I think 63 and a half is a good bet to go down on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of that. No, I think when you look at this App State team right now, winning four games in a row, they just look the best. Really, you can argue the best team in the conference in this four-week stretch when you look at what they've been able to do on both sides of the ball. If their defense plays the way they did against James Madison and against Georgia State, I have no doubts. And against Marshall, really, if you look at just the streak of of games they've been on defensively, I have no doubts that App State is going to be able to win this one and cover. I expect their defense to show more of what we've seen lately and be able to limit Georgia Southern's passing attack similar to they were hired, how they were able to do in the last couple of weeks. And offensively, we mentioned it. Now they have that counterpunch to go at Georgia Southern and kind of give them a taste of their own medicine compared to last season when they were throwing the ball so successfully on them. And I imagine this week in a rivalry game, they'll try to do the same thing. They'll try to get Joey's stats a little bit padded and try to get a big win at home on our money Edwards Day. So give me App State winning and covering as well. And I'll take that over on the points. I think they're going to do their job in scoring. And Southern will make it to the end zone a couple of times for sure. But I think they'll be kind of limited the same way we saw last week against Old Dominion. 
Well, moving on, Coastal Carolina versus number 24, James Madison, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central on ESPN2. This is the third all-time meeting between the two programs. James Madison, everyone remembers how the season ended a year ago against Coastal Carolina, a 47-7 loss or win, rather, for James Madison, a loss for Coastal Carolina. They named themselves the Kings of the East after that game. Coastal Carolina can clinch their second straight Sunbelt title game appearance with a win. James Madison fans would say there should be an asterisk next to that. Um, Coastal Carolina 1-0 all-time in Conway, 31-27 win back in 2005. Caden, it's simple for JMU. They're coming into this game off their first loss of the season. What do the Dukes need to do in order to bounce back in this one? They've got to get back to themselves, Noah. I mean, when you looked at last week, they just looked very uncharacteristic at times compared to what we've seen for the entire season. And it starts with the offense. They have to get going early. They did not reach the end zone against App State until the fourth quarter. And they obviously played the best when it mattered most to stay in that game to fight through and finish and take it to overtime. But you definitely want to see more of the offensive excellence you saw the, for the majority of the re- of this season compared to what you saw last week. If you're a James Madison fan, they're going to have to run the ball better. They got held to just 61 yards last week. They were made one-dimensional as a result. You saw Reggie Brown kind of get taken out of the game as kind of a point of emphasis for App State's defense. So Coastal Carolina does have a scrappy defense, a great unit that's improved from last season. So I think they're going to have to prepare themselves to maybe get into one of those dogfights like they got into last weekend against App State and previously against Marshall. So I think James Madison just has to get back to themselves. They know they're a great squad that just lost in a tough highly contested battle and they're going to have to play another coastal Carolina team who probably has that taste of last season in their mouth. So I have confidence that James Madison is going to do it, but I think defensively they'll have to just stick to what they're doing. They still are a great defense. That's going to be able to stop that run and limit the plays offensively and the big plays offensively, especially given coastal's quarterback situation. But James Madison hasn't forgotten who they are. They probably watch film. They're probably really hard on themselves this week. And I imagine they'll come out with a vengeance in this matchup and they'll all start with Jordan McLeod and that offense being able to get get points on the board early and often. I have to imagine James James Madison is looking for a big win on Saturday. This is the last guaranteed game of the year for the Dukes. There's a really good chance that they're going bowling at this point, but nothing guaranteed until the final whistle blows at the end of the day on Saturday. Caden, you mentioned it, playing JMU, it's scary, but playing them after they lose without your starting quarterback, it might be even scarier. Uh, when you look at the Sean's team, you're going to be down to your third-string quarterback. It's probably going to be Guest or Vasco in this game, not expecting to see Grayson McCall against the Dukes yet again. But what areas do the Sean's have to excel in in order to secure their spot in this conference championship game come two weeks from now? Yeah, first and foremost, it has to be the defense. I think when you look at James Madison and all the games, they have had some sort of struggle, and it starts with being able to limit them defensively. I mentioned it before. This is a Coastal Carolina team that went from being one of the worst defenses in the conference last season and still able to pull themselves to a conference championship to the number four scoring defense now in the conference, holding teams to just 21 points per game. So if they can look and watch the film and see what Marshall was able to do effectively, see what App State was able to do effectively, they have the personnel to do it. They have the confidence to do it, I believe. And I think they're going to be the driving force of this game overall for both teams. And I think if they're able to set the tone early, that's going to give them a much bigger shot. And that's going to give their quarterback, whoever's starting for them, a much bigger shot. And switching to the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be all about playing offensively and helping this quarterback, whoever it is, be able to thrive. We know if we see Ethan Vasco in the mix, 
They're going to have a heavy dose of run probably. We saw last week in their loss to Army, them not having that run game really handcuffed them, kind of paired with Army being able to run it down their throats. I imagine that Coastal Carolina's defenders are a little banged up after only seeing two pass attempts in that entire game and just having the ball run at them. So they're going to have to get healthy in this when their defense is going to have to get their mind right for a battle and have to really stand toe-to-toe with this JMU offense and do their best to give them problems. And on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to have to get back to no matter who's playing quarterback, having that run game being there and have their playmakers like a Jared Brown be able to do some big things, make some explosive plays, and really keep this JMU defense who's probably also coming with a vengeance on their toes when it comes to the passing game. Because if they're one-dimensional, we've seen what they're able to do to offenses, especially with their quarterback situation right now. JMU nine-point favorite over under sitting at 50 and a half heading into this matchup. Caden, how you leaning here? Yeah, it's hard to pick against JMU winning this game. I think them coming with a vengeance coming off of that loss is going to be something that's expected in this game. So I think JMU is going to win. But I do think Coastal Carolina is going to cover in this game. I think Coastal Carolina's improvement on the defensive side of the ball is going to be able to keep them in this game for a lot longer. We've seen quarter this JMU team look a little bit more human in this late stretch of the season. And I do believe Coastal Carolina, with that winning streak we saw, I think they'll be able to tap into some of that in this game. So I do think that despite the quarterback position being an issue, I don't think that's going to be able to necessarily elevate Coastal to a win, but I do think they'll have enough to keep this game close, but James Madison's going to win it, so give me them winning. I'll take Coastal Carolina covering. I'll take the under on the points. I think this game is going to look a lot more like that Marshall game I mentioned, like the App State game we saw last week, as far as maybe just a defensive slugfest where a couple more plays are made by offense to ultimately let the winning team, which I think is going to be James Madison, prevail when it's all said and done. Caden, the one thing I have heard is that at the end of this game, regardless of result, there will not be a Kings of the East 2.0 that takes place uh, in Conway. You look at this James Madison team, they are coming in, I would dare say, a little bit angry. After that loss to App State, they had hopes of picking up this undefeated season. Obviously, App State spoiling the party a week ago. Caden, I like the Dukes to cover the spread in this one. Uh, There obviously has been some inconsistency. I think that James Madison would go into Army and blow Army out, in my opinion. So uh, go ahead and give me the Dukes to cover the nine-point spread here. The over-under at 50.5, I would tend to agree with you. I could see James Madison scoring you know, in the 30s here, Coastal maybe in the low 20s, which would get us to the spread. So go ahead and give me the over on the points, but just barely uh, at 50.5. So give me James Madison to win and cover. I'm going to take the over on the points this weekend. Moving on, South Alabama versus Texas State. This game played in San Marcos at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. It will be on the NFL Network. Ninth time these programs had met, Caden, and this one was really interesting when I started to look into it. The series tied 4-4, and these two teams have alternated wins in every single time that they have played. Neither team has ever won on the road. So I think that that's something to definitely keep an eye on heading into this matchup, South Alabama Winning at home a year ago, 38-21. to 21. They lost 33-31 to 31 back in 2021 in San Marcos. This will be just one of two matchups this weekend between bowl-eligible teams. Kaden, you look at this Texas State team, and they're coming off of a, a brutal loss a week ago. You get outscored in that matchup by 46 points, 77-31 in the loss to... Arkansas State, okay, nothing went right for them. Four turnovers, you had three return for touchdowns, you give up a kickoff return touchdown as well, and seven touchdowns on the ground. When you look at this Bobcats team, what do they need for a bounce back on Saturday? 
Well, they definitely need a short memory, that's for sure. I know coming off of one of these games, I've had a couple of these in my career. It's one of those ones where you go in the next day after the game, the coaches say, we're going to watch the film of this, we're going to watch it one time, we're going to learn from it, we're going to throw it away and never remember it again. So they're definitely going to have a short memory. I think that has been an issue for this team. We've seen some of the struggles kind of get paired together and bunched together throughout the seasons. When the highs are high, they can get rolling, and when the lows are low, sometimes they've been able to stack up and sneak up on this team, especially late in games, which we saw in that third and fourth quarter where they just had nothing go their way. But I think for them, they have to look at that game as an outlier and kind of look at themselves as the team now and be on a mission to be the ones making big plays to end the season. I think when you have another team kind of seize the moment and take the game from you, coming into the next game now as a defender, you have to be like, okay, when I get my hands on the ball, when I get an interception in this matchup against South Alabama, I'm going to be the one that takes it to the house. I'm going to be the difference maker in this game compared to the Arkansas State team who just had difference makers left and right. So I would look for all of their best players to play good in this game. We saw Ismail Mahdi didn't have the strongest performance he's had this season. Joey Herbert Hobart had seven catches, but just 43 yards. reached to seeing more yardage output out of him. So I would look for their biggest players to kind of have that salty taste in their mouth and try to get it out. And this one, you mentioned the four turnovers. That was huge, especially given that they were scoring turnovers and all of those. But all phases of the game, offense defense and special teams have areas to improve on compared to last week and i would imagine that all of them are just going to have a break of practice where the attention to detail is high and they try to get that bad taste out of their mouth so they just really have to have a short memory go back to playing their best brand of football in each specific area all the three phases of the game and hopefully not just hope for for them making a play but kind of be that team to seize the moment mentally and go into this one looking to take it from south alabama versus having it handed to them Hey, at the end of the day, this season for Texas State, a season that will see them go to a bowl game in a couple of weeks, it has been a resounding success in the first year of the G.J. Kinney era. Caden, South Alabama, they sh- they shut out their opponent last week. It marked their fourth game of the year, holding opponent to under double-digit points. You know, we haven't talked about it a ton, but they've quietly had one of the best units defensively in the conference this year. Do you think that they can have similar success against this Texas State offense? I think it can, and I think it'll really be a big final season test for this defense specifically. We've seen them play a lot of their best football against some of the lesser teams in the conference. We obviously all remember that 55-3 game against Southern Miss. They held UL Monroe to just seven points, but then they also have that game against Oklahoma State where they hold them to just a touchdown, and it was in garbage time at the end of the game. So this unit across the board, I think, when you look at their front seven and their back end is really one of those teams that you can look at as an offense and say, ah, where do we attack? You really don't know where to attack because they haven't really shown signs of weaknesses. Their issue all season has been all about the consistency, but we've seen a lot more consistency from them as of late in this home stretch of the season. I think they need to lean into their strengths, which is at the moment right now, their ability to stop the pass. No one in the conference is holding teams to less yards in the air per game right now than South Alabama. And we saw how successful that was when Texas State had that dimension of their game taken away from them in their game two weeks before when we saw them come up short and saw TJ Finley have to leave in the second half when they were facing Arkansas State. So I think when you look at this, um, or Coastal Carolina rather, so when you look at the South Alabama team, I think they're going to have to try to do their best to have that same mindset, make this Texas State team one-dimensional, make their offense not as high-powered as we've seen in the past. We've seen them have moments of quarters or halves where the water gets cut off for them and they cannot score and I think they're capable of doing it and I think they're playing more consistent as of late so to me I think that's going to be the biggest key for the South Alabama team but if they do have one of those great performances where they maybe hold them to single digit points I think it'd be a huge feather in the cap of this defense who's been a little bit overlooked this year just given their inconsistencies across the board as a team. 
Caden, South Alabama coming in a six-point favorite over under sitting at 58 and a half. I'm going to go first here. This is a Texas State program that when you think back to week one, they started their season with a big win over Baylor. Caden, I've got them ending their season with a big win over South Alabama. I think this streak of teams winning at home is going to continue. We all remember what happened to South Alabama the last time they played an offense that was similar to this. Jags fans don't want to remember it, but the New Orleans Bowl a season ago. I think this Texas State offense can have a big day against this Jags defense. I think Texas State's going to walk away with a, a pretty good win in this one to kind of end on a high hope for the year. So give me Texas State to cover. I think South Alabama is going to be able to score in this game. Texas State's definitely going to score in this contest. So give me the over on the 58 and a half. Yeah, I'm flipping the script here, Noah. I think South Alabama, really, when you look at both of these teams, the biggest issue for them has been consistency. I mean, when you watch the Texas State offense play against Georgia Southern, you're thinking, wow, this is definitely the best offense in the conference. And you felt the same way about the South Alabama team when they played Southern Miss earlier this year. So I think both of these teams have had extreme highs and extreme lows. And just given consistency, I think big, being the biggest issue with both of these teams this season, now they're both sitting at six and five. I think I have to go with South Alabama with just a little bit of a hotter hand when it comes to consistency coming off of two wins versus a Texas State team that's come off of two losses. I think I mentioned earlier in the season that I liked the scrappiness and some of the fight I saw from this Texas State defense, but now they're sitting in a spot where they're the third worst scoring defense in the conference, giving up 32 points per game. So I think Carter Bradley and this offensive unit are going to be able to have some effectiveness. I think just from what we've seen lately, as far as offensive shortcomings, be more consistent for this Texas State team. I just have to go with South Alabama here. So I think they'll win, and I think they'll cover, and I take the over on the points too. I think both teams are going to be able to score a little bit in this matchup, but ultimately South Alabama, I think, is going to get a home or a road win rather to, to win this matchup. Marshall versus Arkansas State, the next matchup that we'll take a look at, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central on ESPN+. Plus. A Marshall team that has lost five of the last six games. They need to win to secure their seventh straight bowl appearance. Meanwhile, Arkansas State securing their first bowl appearance since 2019 last week. This is the second straight week that Marshall will be playing an opponent for the first time in their program history. And, Caden, if I had told you when we started the season that heading into this matchup, Arkansas State would be bowl eligible and Texas or and Marshall would be playing for their bowl eligibility. We both would have thought we were crazy. The Red Wolves are coming off of probably the most impressive performance that we have seen from a team in a Sunbelt game this season. They've hung 77 on Texas State. Caden, can this Red Wolves team come anywhere close to replicating that performance again to close out the regular season? Yeah, they probably can't replicate it. No, we were talking about just how unreal that game was from a scoring perspective and just that amazing third quarter where they were able to score 28 points, have fumble returns for touchdowns, interceptions return for touchdowns, kickoffs return for touchdowns. So I don't know if they're going to be able to necessarily replicate that. But I did mention it before. I think this win and not just the win of them getting bowl eligibility, but the way they were able to get this win is going to be huge for this team's morale. I think when you look at them, this is a team that now has a point of reference to look at and say, hey, this is what we can be at the peak of our powers. And they haven't had really something to hang their hats on, I feel like, in conference play in quite some time in that department. I think that's only going to give them more confidence moving forward, not just in this game, but the rest of the season. Everyone in the backfield has every reason to be confident with seven different touchdowns from rushers in the last game. And I think even a guy like Jalen Rayner necessarily not having his fingerprints on their last game and kind of just being a, a quarterback who wasn't really needed in this game to do big things against Texas State. He was just there to manage the game, not to turn the, turn the ball over. He's probably itching to get involved in the action and have more of his fingerprints on this game and make more of an impact. So I think 
all phases of the game. The offense has every reason to be confident coming off of this game. The defense as well, the special teams as well. Now I think this team knows what they're capable of and has maybe even an elevated or or maybe like a delusional sense of confidence coming off of one of the most impressive performances all of college football has really seen putting up 77 points. So I think they might not be able to replicate their performance, but I think from a mentality standpoint and just a confidence standpoint, this is a very dangerous team right now. And I like what spot they're in just coming off of that impressive performance last week against Texas State. Yeah, no denying the confidence level in this around this Arkansas State program. If you saw on Twitter, Butch Jones had actually been wearing the bowl eligible T-shirt underneath his jacket throughout the entire game. He said he knew his team was going bowling when that game started. Um, Caden, another rough outing last week for Cole Pennington and Marshall, honestly. Pennington threw a career-high three interceptions versus South Alabama. He's now thrown six interceptions, has yet to throw a touchdown in three games. Heading into this matchup, what do you think is the key for Pennington and really this whole Marshall team to bounce back and secure bowl eligibility to end the season? First and foremost for Cole, I think it's going to be taking care of the football. We saw last week that he had three interceptions, and that just did not do this offense any favors. They're going to need to have the ball as much as they can. They're going to need to possess the ball as much as they can with the run game and keep it away from Arkansas State and Jalen Rayner. But I think just more importantly, overall, they're just going to, Paul Pennington just needs help from his defense and his run game more than anything. I think schematically, it seems like he's not going to get any help. I think offensively, the creativity has just been very disappointing. We haven't seen them been able to be explosive in the passing game unless they're in some kind of shootout where they've been able to have Cam Fancher running around the backfield for his life and making some things happen. And then I think from a running the ball standpoint, they haven't really been able to rely on that either. They got to secure that win against Georgia Southern two weeks ago because they were finally able to run the ball efficiently. We saw Rasheen Ali be able to rip up some runs that we saw reminiscent of his early season success. But ever since then, we just have not seen it. We've only seen it in that flash against the Georgia Southern game. And defensively, too, they're just going to need to help this quarterback out. I don't know how much you can put on his shoulders from a scoring standpoint, but it definitely will be helpful if they're not giving up 28 points, 31 points, 34 points. They went on a 40-game point streak earlier in the season as well where they were just constantly giving that up. So this team as a whole is going to have to just kind of rally around Cole and help him in any way they can. I think most importantly, that being the defense and the run game because he's a younger quarterback. He's not as experienced. And I think even if he manages his game manages this game properly, he's not going to have enough help around him to really be explosive, dynamic, and really take it to another level. So some other players, whether that's players in the backfield, the defense making some explosive plays and giving some favorable position, something is going to have to help this quarterback out if they want to win this game and make it to a bowl, that's for sure. Heard two-and-a-half point favorite over-under sitting at 53-and-a-half. Kane, I'm going going to go ahead and go first here again. I think this line is absolutely wild. Vegas is giving Marshall just a ton of credit for playing at home. When you look at these two teams a week ago, Arkansas State outscoring Marshall 77 to nothing. You look back and outside of that matchup against Georgia Southern, Marshall has scored one offensive touchdown in their last four games outside of that Georgia Southern win. Give me Arkansas State. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, Caden. I think that this is a team that has shown they have the ability to put up points. Last week, it was the run game. I'm expecting Jalen Rayner to have a decent performance against Marshall. I think Arkansas State's walking away with another win, and Marshall is is headed home after a disappointing season. So give me Marshall to, to lose this game. Arkansas State's going to cover the spread. Uh, I do think that the over-under, I'm going to take the under on 53 and a half. Yeah, no, I was definitely drinking the Arkansas State Kool-Aid, and this is just more of a vibes pick for me, but I do think Marshall is going to win this game. I think the last time I thought Marshall, when when I saw the spread against Marshall and Georgia Southern, I'd never forget thinking that it was absurd that Marshall 
should have any shot of being Georgia Southern, just given their recent track record and what Georgia Southern was doing at the moment. This feels very similar, and I don't want to make the same mistake twice. So give me Marshall winning in this game. I don't think they have any reason to be favored, like you mentioned, if we're being honest, just given the recent track record of both of these squads. But I do think Marshall coming into this game at home with players like Owen Porter and other senior leaders, I think it matters to them trying to make a bowl game. And I think they're going to look to try to make a bowl game as best as they can in this one, really make a statement and hopefully maybe pull out some bags of tricks with this being their last game of the season, this being their senior night, and this really being the determining factor if they're going to have some postseason play or not. So give me Marshall winning in this one. I'll take them covering, but I'll take the under on the points like you did too. I think Arkansas State, kind of one of the things that got lost in their win against Texas State was that they did give up quite a few points at against Texas State, despite them not obviously being able to outpace them with the 77 they were able to score. Texas State was still able to score 31, and I think their defense is still the weakness of this team, and that Marshall may be able to run the ball and control this one. So give me Marshall winning, Marshall covering, but I will take the under on the points like you. Three more games to look at. We'll start with Old Dominion versus Georgia State, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on ESPN+. Old Dominion seeking their first bowl appearance since 2021. They missed out a season ago. Georgia State looking to avoid a four-game losing streak after a perfect start to the year. GSU won by 14 in Atlanta last year in the first meeting between these two programs since 2012. They were former CAA foes. Old Dominion leading the all-time series 3-1. to Caden, Old Dominion, their one win away from securing bowl eligibility. How do you like the Monarchs' chances at home coming off that big win over Georgia Southern? I love them, Noah, and not to spoil my pick, but I just love the spot this Old Dominion team is really as a program. I think their identity has been established. Their scheme has been established. It's really just all about execution with this team. When you look at Georgia State and what they've been able to deal with, what they've had to deal with lately, you just have to be optimistic about the trajectory and the way this Old Dominion team is trending. I mentioned it before, their style and they... Their style is there and they know what they're doing. This is a defense that I mentioned last year that really didn't get the recognition it deserved just because they were on the field more than any other defense in the entire country outside of Tennessee, I believe. And this year, they've been getting a little bit more help from their offense. Their offense isn't some kind of world beater. They're not running up the score on anyone, but they're doing just enough, I think, to play complementary football and balance things out. And we're looking at now a defense in Old Dominion that's a top five scoring defense in the entire conference. I mentioned it before, the offense is no prize, but they've definitely shown they can get the job done with their scheme and with their quarterback and Grant Wilson. I really like what I've seen from Grant lately as far as his mobility and his ability to extend plays and really play well in the fourth quarter when you look at their games against App State, against Georgia Southern, even against James Madison in the loss. I love what I saw from him in that matchup. They're going to have the run game consistent for them. Their running backs like a Kadarius Callaway and a Keyshawn Wicks are going to be able to expose those light boxes and the receiving core is going to have their opportunity on deep shots to make some things happen. And we saw that in the last couple of weeks. I know the Georgia, and when you look at their last five games, they only have one more win than this Georgia State team, but all their wins are a lot closer and all of them have kind of their identity and their brand. They're kind of losing the same way, which I think is a good thing for a team that's looking to kind of be consistency, be consistent and keep that momentum going, not just in this game, but through the remainder of the season. So I think at home, this team's going to have a lot to play for, trying to make a bowl game and really try to make an impression on this conference. And I think they're in a great spot with some great chances here. Caden, on the other side for Georgia State, you know, you alluded to it, a tale of two seasons, 4-0 start to the year. They're looking to avoid going 0-4 to end the year. What do you think their mindset is right now, given how they started the year, their finish to the year, and the fact that they've already secured a bowl game? Yeah, it's truly a roller coaster, I think, when you look at the emotions and just the, the momentum swings for this team. You mentioned it. They had the 4-0 start to the season. We were really high and confident on what they were able to do. And then when you lose to Troy, it's really not looked at as a loss. And you follow that with two more wins to make bowl eligibility. I mean, that 6-1 and one start 
was very impressive. We were ready to kind of deem Granger and Carroll as the, the dynamic duo, the best dynamic duo when it came to running back and quarterback in the conference. But it's just been downhill ever since then, giving up more than 40 points in their last couple of games. And I think it kind of just puts this team in a weird spot mentally. I talked early in the season about how I just loved the energy, effort, and intensity we saw starting with that game against Coastal Carolina on the road where they really took it to that team. But we really haven't seen that team now since the month of October, I feel like. And I think when you look at them, they're just going to have to go back, look themselves in the mirror, and really channel what we saw early in the season, which is hard when you've kind of made it mentally and you've made a bowl game. You're already kind of been deemed as one of the most successful teams in your school's history if your school history isn't that long. So I think from a focus standpoint, this team's all over their place, but they're just going to have to lean into their identity. They're going to have to lean into kind of that off-season work and mentality that we heard from their players just talking about how they kind of worked for this second half of the season during the season or during the off season this year, kind of really pushing themselves physically and mentally. And now we're kind of seeing that starting to dwindle away. So hopefully they'll be able to go back to that. They just lost to LSU, which kind of throws a curveball from a non-conference game going back to conference play. As far as stakes go, they got beat up in that game, I'm sure. So I'm sure they'll have to get healthy as well. But I think for them, mentally, they're definitely in a weird spot, kind of feeling like they've arrived for quite some time in a bowl game, but not necessarily being able to make do in the win-loss column. So I think offensively, they have to get off to a good start in this one and defensively just hold a team to less than 40 points. I think they just have to show some some sign of life, I think, heading into their bowl game for sure. ODU coming in, three-point favorite, over-under at 54.5. Caden, how you lean? Yeah, give me the Monarchs in this one. And the main thing is just how atrocious this this defense has looked for Georgia State lately. Obviously, giving up 56 points to LSU is one thing that's one of the best, if not the best, offense in the entire nation. But 42 and back-to-back weeks to James Madison and App State, plus a 44-piece getting put up on you in Georgia Southern. This defense, I think, has just lost its confidence. And I think they're going to play an Old Dominion offense who may not be a 40-point scoring offense, but is going to be an offense that's capable of running their methodical attack being effective in the pass game and the run game and having a quarterback whose legs you're going to have to account for as well in certain situations. So give me Old Dominion winning in this one. I think they can cover as well. And I'll take the under on the points. So I still don't think they're really a team that has a ton of firepower necessarily, but I do think they'll be able to do enough to outlast this Georgia State defense specifically and kind of remain remain seeing those those def- those offensive struggles we've seen from Georgia State as of late as well. Caden, looking at this matchup, it has been a weird season for Old Dominion, a much-improved football team. They have played four teams that at times this year, Caden, we have talked about as being favorites in this East Division. JMU, obviously, many were hoping for a waiver. That didn't materialize. They played them two within three. They beat App State. You beat Georgia Southern. So I've got them beating Georgia State as well. They have proven that they can beat some of the best teams in this Sunbelt East Division, which I believe is arguably one of the most competitive divisions in all of college football. Ricky Ronnie's team playing some good football down the stretch, Caden. Give me the giving them the win at home. They're going to be rewarded with their first bowl trip since 2021. Looking at this matchup, 54 and a half seems a bit high, in my opinion. Old Dominion's been scoring in that 20 to 30 range, and Georgia State has just been a little bit too inconsistent. So I'm going to go ahead and take the under on the points. Did want to, before we moved on from this matchup, just give a quick shout out to Marcus Carroll, who was named a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award. He's one of 10 nationally, one of or t- one of two in the Sun Belt. We'll talk about the other in just a few moments that have been named semifinalists for that uh, very exclusive award. Okay, moving on, Louisiana versus ULM. Let's get through this one uh, fairly quickly. 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central on ESPN Plus. 39th all-time meeting between these two programs. Louisiana's won seven out of the last 10, although they did lose in Monroe a year ago. 
ULM enters tied with Vanderbilt for the longest active losing streak at the FBS level with nine games. The Ragin' Cajuns looking for their sixth straight bowl appearance. Caden, three straight losses and on their third quarterback of the season. If you're Louisiana, how do you see them attacking this ULM team on offense and defense in order to secure that bowl spot? Yeah, I think on both sides of the ball, Noah, they're going to have to attack them with their physicality. We saw this team actually stand toe-to-toe with a Troy team that's a kind of calling card is physicality, and they were able to kind of answer that call. It was a close game where Troy had to come from behind and get a win, and I think Louisiana can, on the defensive side of the ball, play smash-mouth football up front and kind of take this game to Louisiana and on the or Louisiana Monroe and on the offensive side of the ball, be able to establish that run game, which they haven't been able to quite do as well in this late-season stretch. I think they'll be just fine in this matchup, and I think that's going to be their best means as far as being able to win this game and make it to a bowl game. We saw last year that this was a game where they got punched in the mouth a little bit. They lost in this one for the first time in a long time, and I think they probably still have that taste in their mouth. So I think physicality is kind of going to be a must from either team in this game, but I think Louisiana is just going to be a little bit better at doing that just given their body of work and really just their their stagnant rushing attack I think they'll really look as the second best rushing team in the conference to go out on top in that department I expect to see a heavy dose of Jacob Cabote and seeing Chandler Fields continue to kind of rise and continue to improve as this team started like we saw last week giving the ball to a bunch of different targets and keeping that defense honest and on their toes so I think a good balanced attack on the offensive side of the ball and a good physical attack on the defensive side of the ball is going to be the way Louisiana makes a bowl game if they do win this one. I think we could see a lot of rushing taking place in this game. This is a ULM team coming off of a 192-yard performance in their loss to Ole Miss a week ago. Okay, and ULM, they haven't won since that 2-0 start. Uh, if you're this program, how do you end the year on a high note? Yeah, you have to tap into that same intensity and that same level of effort and playmaking we saw last season when they were able to upset Louisiana and really what we saw from them when they were able to stand toe-to-toe to an App State and lose to a field goal, what we were see, what we were able to see when they came back from behind in Georgia Southern. They're just going to have to continue to play that level of football as far as that level of intensity, and I expect them to kind of empty the tank in this matchup and go for it as far as ending their season off on the right note and hopefully having something to look at going into the following season and just something to, something to have confidence in because obviously losing that many games in a row is just not good for morale. So they're going to have to play mistake-free football. That's been their issue all year as far as penalties and self-inflicted wounds and turning the ball over and stuff. So if they can not beat themselves first and foremost and then kind of bring that same level of energy and effort we've seen in the past from a team that's very scrappy, I think they'll be just fine in this matchup. And hopefully it's another good one where it's a, it's a rivalry game that, that everyone in the conference can definitely get excited about. Louisiana favored by 13, over under at 52 and a half. Caden, the Ragin' Cajuns will be playing at Cajun Field in its current, you know, how it's currently developed for the last time. There's going to be some major renovations taking place over the offseason. I think the Ragin' Cajuns are walking away with a win here at 13. I'm feeling generous. I think Louisiana can cover the spread. I think we might see 400 plus yards of rushing in this game. And if we're honest, Caden, let's just hope that this one ends quickly between these two programs. Louisiana winning this one, covering the spread, and I'm going to take the under on the points at 52 and a half. Yeah, I'm checking all those same boxes, Noah. That spread seems a little lofty, but when you look at this UL Monroe team, I mean, that's they've lost their last three games by over 13 points versus this Louisiana team. I think when you look at their losses, they're a lot closer, and I think despite them not having as much success in this five, this one and five run they've had, they've been toe-to-toe with all of their opponents and been able to give them their best shot and really not play maybe even have a a potential to play to the level of their opponents, I think is the only worry, I think, as far as this team and this matchup. But I think just given their proficiency in running the ball, the confidence I've seen from their quarterback lately, and more so what I haven't seen lately from Louisiana Monroe, I think Louisiana will be able to win and cover in this one as well. 
Okay, moving on to Southern Miss Troy, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on ESPNU on Saturday. Saturday marking the sixth meeting between these two programs. Troy has won both previous meetings in Hattiesburg in 2016 and in 2021. The Trojans winning 27-10 last season in week six of the year. That was actually when Jared Dagey was quarterback for a time. Troy can lock up hosting rights for the Sunbelt Championship game with a win, Caden. And I mentioned it a few moments ago when I talked about Marcus Carroll becoming a Doak Walker Award semifinalist. A big shout-out to Kamani Vidal as well for becoming the second Sunbelt member, Sunbelt running back to become a semifinalist, just one of 10 in the country uh, for that exclusive award. Caden, Troy has their spot in the conference championship game secured. They're likely hosting. Uh, what would you like to see from this Trojans team in this game as they gear up to return to that conference title game next Saturday? Yeah, I'd just like to see the usual from them. You know what I mean? This is a team that's been dominant all year, and you just want to see that same kind of level of dominance and elevated level of play as they seem to be peaking at the right time heading into their conference championship game. They probably want to see a lot of their backups hopefully playing in the fourth quarter in this one and resting up for that conference championship game. So I'd love to see some great performances as well from their best players. It'd be great to see a nice, efficient, sharp performance from Gunnar Watson. It'd be great to see guys like Kamani Vidal make the most of maybe a limited dose of touches in this matchup. But I think for this Troy team, they obviously control their own destiny. They've done a great job of doing that all season and really seizing the moment. So for them, just seeing them play their brand of football that we've come accustomed to seeing, seeing them peak at the right time before this game and seeing maybe their best players play good in the beginning of this game, so good that they don't have to play in the end of this matchup. Caden, when you look at Southern Miss, it's kind of the opposite set of circumstances. A bowl game isn't happening. You're playing arguably or the Kings of the West. Uh, let's just go ahead and call them that to end the year. What do you want to see from them as they wrap up this 2023 season and start to turn their attention to next year? I want to see them empty the tank, Noah. This is a team that knows this is their last game. They know they're not playing in a bowl game. So why not go for it? Why not pull out all the bag of tricks? Why not run trick plays on offense? Why not be aggressive on defense? I think they should just go for it in this matchup and give themselves some semblance of hope heading into the offseason. I think them being able to possibly end the season three and one would be great for them with their only loss being to Mississippi State. If they can even get close to that and end the season two and two with a close loss to Troy, I think that would give this team some hope in life. They were able to score 20 points against Mississippi State. We've talked about the improvements on the offensive side of the ball they've seen since they switched coordinators. So I think from this team, I just want to see them empty the take. I want to see them put their best foot forward. Kind of a similar performance we saw from them in their bowl game against Rice when they knew that was their last game. They did great in that spot. So hopefully in this matchup, we can see Frank Gore Jr. get fully unleashed, see this defense fly around, and hopefully make this one interesting as they know it's going to be their last game of the entire season. Could be an off-season of changes down in Hattiesburg. Caden Troy, 16.5 point favorite over under sitting at 47 and a half. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like this 16 and a half line. I feel like that's a little bit too strong, particularly with how well Southern Miss has been playing at the end of the year. Caden, I still like Troy to win this football game, but if they win by 10, Southern Miss still covers the spread. Southern Miss has been playing good football offensively. I think Frank Gore playing in what could be Southern Miss fans aren't going to like to hear it, but could be his final game ever as a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. I think He's going to have a big performance in this one. Give me Southern Miss to cover the spread. I still think Troy wins this game by 10 points, in my opinion, but I think Southern Miss is going to play some good football. Uh, Over-under sitting at 47.5 to me feels low, so I'm going to take the over on this matchup. 
I agree with you too, Noah. That point spread, I think, is definitely low just given what we've seen from both of these offenses as of late. And the overall, just po- the, the spread in this matchup with Troy being favored so much is definitely a little high for my taste. That 16 line is just so dangerous, getting close to that 14-point mark, that 13-point mark that we're a lot more accustomed to seeing in football games. But I think Troy's going to have the ability to cover in this matchup. I think when you look at what they've done as of late, on the defensive side of the ball, kind of given up that many points to Louisiana team is kind of uncharacteristic for them. So I imagine with this team being just the the standard they have and hold themselves to, I think they're going to look to improve a lot in this matchup defensively and hold Southern Miss to one of their worst performances, kind of one of those performances we saw earlier in the season. So I think Troy's combination of aggressive defense is going to be able to shut down this offense. And I think the natural progression of their offense will be to run from this one. So I don't love the spread, like you mentioned, but I am going to take them covering. So give me Troy covering, but I do think that the over is going to hit on the points as well. That just seems like a low number. And I do think Troy is going to be able to take care of that end of the bargain. I think themselves. Well, that will do it for our week 13 preview, the final regular season preview of the year. Caden and I are looking forward to taking in all of Saturday's action in this final weekend of the Sunbelt regular season. Before you go, here's a quick reminder that we'll be back on Monday. We'll be dropping our week 13 recap. We'll take a look at all the weekend's biggest games and get you ready for next Saturday's Sunbelt championship game. That'll do it for us here at the Ferrian Smith Podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please go leave us a five-star review on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, or wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Give us five stars. Let us know what we could be doing better or what you're loving about the show right now. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Prairie. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.